it's with heavy heart that we start the 42nd episode of the Brian Oak Show here in the Smart Start MN Studios. Thank you, Smart Start. And we start out with that particular tune right there, Sweet Georgia Brown, because the news came down, was it just yesterday, I believe, that Fred Neal, better known as Fred Curly Neal, legendary member of the Harlem Globetrotters, has passed at the age of 77. He played more than 60,000, not 60, 6,000 <laughs> games, 22 seasons. He was a member of that of that particular troupe from the mid-60s into the early 80s, rather the mid-80s, and, I mean, iconic. Yes, of course, everyone knows the name Meadowlark Lemon, right? I mean, because have you ever heard a cooler name than Meadowlark Lemon? <laughs> no, that's... Brian Oak is not nearly that cool a name. Sean Bernard in the same camp. Kind of nerdy. They're fine. They're fine names, but they're not Meadowlark Lemon. (laughs) Also curly because he was bald, right? I mean, and so when we were kids, at least when I was a kid, you know, Scooby Doo would have all these guests on, like Sonny and Cher and Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, that is an iconic episode. But they also brought basketball to people who maybe weren't fans of basketball starting in the 60s. You know, like basketball was a city thing. Basketball was, for lack of a better term, more of an urban thing. Well, yes and no. But but the Harlem Globetrotters did for basketball what the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders did for cheerleading. And I know that sounds like a terrible compare. They brought the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders were on an episode of the love boat. Damn it, Sean. That's they, true. They, That's so, true. I mean, again. And, but I mean, I gotcha, but Curly, you know, who passed again at the age of 77 down in Texas, he was always had a smile and everything I've read online about him in the last day or so, he was apparently, you know, and of course people want to remember those who have passed very fondly, but he was apparently about as real and nice and kind and giving and human as it got, plus that smile, man, that could literally blind an entire room of people. They did so many shows. My son, when he was like six, I talked him into going. He's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to see this. We finally go, and we had like second row seats. He was like, oh my gosh. He was just blown away because he was playing little you know, little kid basketball at that point, but just the magic that they created and the fun that they had, it was a, it was an absolute blast. And they would play real NBA teams, and yes, it was an exhibition. Yes, yeah. yes, it was a show. They were absolutely putting on a show, but they were able to do things with the ball that most people in the NBA could not do if they wanted to. They were somewhere between Cirque du Soleil, the basketball version, and an NBA team. I mean, they could do some of the most amazing tricks. They knew how to work a crowd. They knew how to make people laugh. They were They were an important fixture in basketball for decades and really help get the sport to be one of the four main sports in America. Are you like me where as a kid for about 45 seconds you tried to spin the ball on your finger then you're like, I'll never be a Harlem Globetrotter. I, um, I'm going to be honest. This may come as a surprise to you. I was a competitive swimmer for a long time and that was fine. My ball handling skills, despite what you may have read on the internet, <sighs> uh, are not good. Um, I am not athletically coordinated in the team ball-related sports. <laughs> <laughs> there's again, just no way to keep a straight face I, there's not but but i I really i'm being quite sincere uh the last ba- uh, the last gym class i ever took after i got i got rid of my my mandatories in high school we had a uh basketball segment and i could barely do a layup like i <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't get the timing down with my feet right and i just i i was like i and I've, i i don't think i've actually touched a basketball unless it was like like a kids one and someone had a, a hoop set up in their driveway oh, yeah. since that time i just i suck so bad <laughs> at sports it's I not even see funny that. 
No, and now with the bad knee, there's no way I'm doing, even doing a layup. But these guys, you know, doing the thing where you've got your arms in a circle and you can roll oh, yeah. the ball all the way around. And the the ridiculous behind-the-back no looks that they would shoot to each other, the the slam dunks, the leapfrogs, all of it. I, rem- I don't even like basketball. Nothing personal. Please no angry emails. But you you couldn't not you it was like PT Barnum meets some of the greatest athletes on the planet and um i guess i just wanted to say rip curly man because 77 you had a great life you influenced so many people and your ball handling skills are significantly better than my own much better ball handler uh oh my computer just decided to die oh no well, just like curly uh, my God, is there is there an iconic theme song for Apple? <laughs> yeah, exactly. for, for an airbook? I'm not really sure what just happened, but it went very poor. And we're back. I'm not really sure what that was. The one other story I wanted to mention before we get to tonight's first guest, because here we are, episode 42 of the Brian Oak Show. We're still doing our checking in series. Sean and I have decided to risk being in one another's presence in the rather close confines of the Brian Oak Show World Headquarters here in South Minneapolis on Chicago Avenue, better known as the Smart Start MN Studios, but we're not having guests in right now because everyone should be sheltering in place. You should be shutting down. You should be spending as much time away from other people as possible, but that does mean more time together with your own family. How's that going in your house? You know, it's interesting. (laughs) There's an old Chinese proverb which really is a curse and it sounds like a good thing but it says may you live in interesting times and i believe that you just used the word interesting in the same word in the same way that the chinese intended interesting (laughs) in that particular curse um i did want to mention that the lead singer of rammstein 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 sounds like it's somebody from the East Coast. Well, I just, I know that the lead singer does mention, I've heard Ramstein, I've heard Ramstein, I've also heard lead singer of the band Till Lindemann go, Rammstein. That you know, sounds like, the best. Oh, man. But if, to hear him say it sounds even better. This is a guy who wears a chainmail jacket and lights both the arms on fire during a live performance. Are you familiar with the German industrial magic of the band Rammstein? I've actually seen a few of their videos, but I'll admit I didn't see them until recently when you told me about them. Well, and again, I've never seen them live. They were supposed to come back this this summer and do a show at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, which was kind of a mind bender for me. Now, I know that they are giants internationally. Are there enough fans of German industrial 90s legends Rammstein to to sell? To, but apparently there were and are people you fa- were interested. Are you a fan of the half bowl? Because that's the that's the weird thing is that when, oh, when you get yeah. into a place like that, it just it feels weird to me when a place is not. They try to use a huge venue, but right. there's, it's only like a half bowl. Well, and wh- like, I mean, why not just go to Target Center? Then? I've, I've seen two concerts at U.S. Bank Stadium. One was Metallica and one was The Cure, and they were full. I mean, And the problem for me, even with the advanced state of, you know, the dynamic craziness of what's going on on stage, the, the LED screens that are several yeah. stories high, if you're in the third tier... 
even with the greatest sound systems available today, it still sounds like mud. It yeah, sounds like garbage. I and I, I know you want to see your band, but I refuse, you know? And I just, I, I can't do that kind of thing. That being said, both Metallica and The Cure were pretty awesome, but I don't feel like Rammstein's in the same area. Anyway, I, I'm going way too long with this. I just wanted to mention that singer um, Till Lindemann of Rammstein uh, has spent the last couple nights in ICU. Uh, it's said that he tested positive for COVID-19. Now someone, there are conflicting reports that he's tested negative for COVID-19, but I believe the most recent story is that he has the COVID-19. Now, he was in critical condition very briefly, uh. apparently still in ICU, but they're saying his condition is improving. And again, this is the situation that happens for most people that are going through this. They are going to get sick. You are going to have the flu. It's really only the most vulnerable members of our community, just like regular flu, just like H1N1, bird flu. I mean, these are the people who are at the greatest risk. Now, does that mean someone who's in perfect health and 31 years old won't die? No. That's why it's so important. I know that we're all tired of hearing the term flatten the curve. It's never been more important to flatten the curve, which is why I wonder why you and I are still sitting in this small little hot room sharing the same lollipop. We're five and a half feet apart, and that lollipop is tasty. (laughs) It's really good. It's like a lemon-lime mixture. We should get to our next song. Uh, Up ahead, we are going to be continuing the checking-in theme uh, for the Brian Oak Show this week, and we're going to be checking in with uh, one former guest and one brand-new guest. Uh, We're going to check in just ahead with, well, later on in the show, the second half of the show, we're going to check in with Tommy Mischke, T.D. Mischke. Some of you may know him as host of the Roadshow podcast, Hope of for the, the host of the For the Sake of the Songs podcast, long, long, long time Twin Cities broadcaster. And again, this is one of my favorite compliments I can pay anybody. There isn't anybody else like him. There's, no. there's no one else even remotely like him. I totally agree. And he is more than a character in the best possible way. He's smart, he's thoughtful, and he just doesn't really give a shit about convention, <laughs> which I love about him because he's not hes not flagrant. He's not trying to be a shocker. He's just going to do his own thing. When you hear Mishki, you know that that's, that can only be Mishki. Now, just ahead, we are going to hear from a guy that was one of our very first guests on the Brian Oak Show podcast. And he's a local rapper, a friend, a good dude. And part of the whole checking in philosophy is how you doing? What's it like for a musician? What's it like for people who are in lockdown all of a sudden where all of our lives look very, very different every single day? And so just ahead, we're going to be talking to this guy. Dwynell Rowland is who we're going to be talking to. And we're going to play another one of his songs later. But I thought this one in title alone was worth thinking about because during these uncertain, chaotic and frankly terrifying times, it's very important to just breathe. Instead, I take everything that's bad for my health. I may need God. I 
Steady chasing dreams. I may relate to memes. Maybe it's kind of funny. Life is life. Take a number, homie. Show me something. If you see me, just know your boy stand tall. Emotions can be real, but we just dial off. Clean the surface, wash your hands. Try not to think again. Till it in the core, remind you what you're fighting off. I may need God. I may need help. I may need blessings. Fuck, I do it myself. I may need love. I may need stuff. Instead, I take everything that's bad for my health. I may need God. I may need help. I may need a blessing. Fuck, I do it myself. I may need love. I may need stealth. Instead, I take everything that's bad for my health. That right there is a song called Breathe by Dwynell Rowland on the Brian Oak Show, episode 42 of the podcast, which, by the way, is supported not only by Smart Start MN. I feel like over 42 episodes since they've been with us from the beginning, we've talked a lot about them, but it's worth mentioning that even though you're sheltering in place, you're staying at home, it's now, as of very soon here, an official order, unless you're going out for essential services, but I did find out as I looked at the list of essential services, liquor stores, on the list of essential services. <laughs> and what happens when people run out of liquor, Brian? Then we go buy more liquor? Yes. Yes, so exactly. don't drive no. if you've already had 
Oh, no, no. A 40. You, yeah, no, like, wait until you're shaking from the DTs. Wait until <laughs> you can't take it anymore, and, but you're sober. There's none left in your system, so you get yourself to the liquor store. But if you should drink and drive, if someone you know should drink and drive in this uncertain time because people are, are dealing with unparalleled, unprecedented levels of stress, if you get popped, if you go to jail, your life is going to be more difficult than it already seems in this particular day and age that we're in right now. Smart Start MN can get you back on the road sooner than you would otherwise think. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company, a couple of very smart lawyers who basically helped found this idea. They're the Minnesota originators. They are Minnesotans, right? They're not some of these people who have moved into the state to try to take advantage of the situation. What's the best way for people to find out more about Smart Start MN? SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show, and they will give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. Absolutely. Absolutely. And our newest sponsor, I've got to welcome them, Buster's on 28th, which is a mere three blocks from my home. Not only a wonderful destination, like so many restaurants and bars, trying to figure out week by week, day by day, maybe hour by hour, how they're going to survive, how they're going to stay open. Most of these places have had to lay off dozens of staff, in some cases, hundreds of staff. And it is debilitating. But there are things that we can do to help mitigate what the damage is going to be. There are things we can do to help make sure this looks brighter on the other side. So, you know, you buy a gift certificate or you order their food to go. Now, I know that they're working on a way to be able to send booze along. I don't think that's probably going to work it's out. It's not done yet, yeah. but it's but people are trying to go to Governor Walls and say, come on, man. Let me get my booze to go. Well, and here's the deal. Like, I don't like beer, but they have got a Belgian ale called a Triple Carmelite that I have every single time I go there. They're very well renowned for their wine and beer selection, which right now... We're still working on how you get that, but their food alone is worth going. Again, the other day when I shared that video on social media, their Cubano is as good a Cubano that exists in the Twin Cities, and it was it was life affirming to get some real food. It also felt good to know that the people who are still working, you could drive up. They're wearing gloves. They just hand it through the window. I paid ahead of time, and it was taken care of. Buster's on twenty eighth dot com. Do me a favor, even if you don't live that close. Go look at the menu right now. Busters on 28th. That's the number 28th. Busters on 28th.com. Just look at that men- menu and be like, hmm, I was going to make Easy Mac, but I think <laughs> instead I'm going to go get a bison burger. Anyway, check them out as well. Let's get to our next guest, shall we? Uh, Dwynell Roland is a young man who I had heard his work for a long time and then I remember driving home one day and listening to Andrea Swenson's local show on The Current and I heard a song that I was like god damn that's good and I shared a tweet on the old Twitter machine that you can't deny talent. It was just, it's really good. Well, the very next Rock the Garden, Dwynell Roland was playing there, and I remember I was obligated to go up and hobnob with the VIPs. It's all very regimented and scheduled. When people ask you, hey, do you like this music festival? I'm like, I don't know. I've never seen any music at it. And then, But all of a sudden, I started getting texted like, hey, man, this guy's got your tweet on his shirt. I'm like, what does that even mean? I don't know what the fuck that means. And then I went down and met somebody with one of the brightest smiles with some of the best flow and one of the best attitudes I've ever met in my life. He's already been a guest on the Brian Oak show. And as part of the checking in series, I just want to check in with Dwynell Roland. Hey man, remember in the old days when you had to pay for minutes, apparently with Skype, you also, uh, you're, probably, you're, you're probably too young for that. No, like <laughs> when cell phones first started happening, you had to like, 
like pay for minutes on your data package and you'd be like, I'm almost out of minutes, man. I can't call you right now. <laughs> and apparently that just happened to us with Skype. So thanks, Skype. Hard times, Dwight. Hard times. <laughs> so as mentioned, Jeez. as mentioned, we are talking to Dwynell Roland, who, um, you know, I, uh, I've, I've liked this guy since the first time I met him, and I feel like we've become friends over the years. And I also am concerned about, you know, musicians. That's a big part of this show is we talk about music. We talk about why music matters, what the Twin Cities is like, what it's like to be from here, what it's like to, you know, it's one thing if you're successful, and if you start to get successful, then the real hard work starts. But there's there's a whole spectrum right there. So I guess do I know my first question, not about the music industry, not about records, not about concerts. How are you right now, man? Um, I'm good, man. I'm good. Just taking it day by day, man. Just seeing how everything goes. and so, I mean, hey, I feel like this is not, not much that I can really do or no one can do at this point. So I'm just chilling to see what, what's what at this point. So when you lay low, like, I mean, that's what we're all doing right now, right? Like the sheltering in place mm-hmm. is now going to be officially enforced. Um, and I think it's the right thing to do. Like the fewer people you see, the less likely. I mean, that's just simple math, right? Like don't spread this shit yep. and don't get it spread to you. So, but what does your day look like? Like, are you, are you just, are you, when you hunker down, what is it you spend your time doing? Are you writing? Are you drawing pictures? Are you coming up with more very inventive raps? Man, uh, I've been I've been trying to write from here and there. It's just, dude, it's honestly right now it's a lot of gaming for me, man. which is I cool. Just play the game. Oh no, dude, a lot. dude, get, getting high and playing video games. Now, I'm not saying that's what you're doing, of course. Getting high and playing video games from my 20s into my 30s was one of the great joys of my life. Just work kept getting in the way. So when you talk about gaming, you're talking about are you are you on a PC, you on a console? What are you playing? Oh no, man, I'm on, I'm I'm on a console. I'm on the Xbox Xbox One. So, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, man, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of gaming, but. In the midst of everything, you know, yeah, I'm doing a lot of writing too. Actually, just trying to get everything together and we just, trying to push myself. You well, and you have to, but also like you have to take mental health breaks, right? Like, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I've got my a friend of mine set up a Zoom conference tonight. I've got like a pretty tight circle of friends, and we're just all going to sit there and talk for a little bit since we can't see each other and we're not supposed to leave the house, and we're calling it a happy hour. There might be a cocktail or two. Uh, you didn't answer my question, though. Before we get on to talking about your writing and your music, what are you playing on the Xbox, man? What, uh, what What's your game? What's your oh, favorite oh, thing to play? Uh, Call of Duty. No, yeah? I'm not a Call of Duty. Yeah. Do you like zombie mode oh, on the old Call of Duties? Do you like do you like the zombie mode, or do you prefer to go online and and pwn noobs? I just I just literally just play online. I play online and I play hardcore everything. Hardcore? So, yeah. You're yeah, that you're that everything. you're that good. I wouldn't say I'm that good. I just I don't know. I think it's more fun that way. I don't know. That's just me though. Hardcore is aggressive, man. Like I mean, like two or three shots and it's nope. over. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's I how like you like that. it, yeah. Okay, okay. I, look, I appreciate your I appreciate your commitment to being a tough guy, and I like that a lot. Hey, that song that we just listened to, "Breathe." Um, tell me about it. Where did that come from? What I mean, because so much of it seems applicable to what everyone's going through today. But your music's always been super personal. Tell me about that song, "Breathe." Mm-hmm. Oh, breathe, man. Breathe. That was. Ah, that was when I was going through just everything. I was going through that relationship, remember that stuff that I was dealing with, and I just needed time to relax and just 
chill, and I remember I made it at Travis's uh, Travis's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and recorded it at Travis's house, and it was just we recorded it all right there. Actually, yeah, I don't know, man. There was just a lot going on, and I, I just wanted to write about it. Well, it's, my it, life at that time. it's a good message, man. I mean, like right now, everyone needs to breathe because I think that the panic level is rising. The stress level of us all staying indoors is rising. So before oh, we get man. before we get to the song that you picked that you want to play uh, at the end of your segment here, I just want to know, like, you know, the whole point about checking in here on the Brian Oak Show is how it's impacted people. So you're laying low right now, which is cool. A lot of gaming, some writing, challenging yourself. I mean, has this yeah. has this cost you gigs? Has this changed the trajectory of the professional? musician's life for you oh man i mean all my shows are are postponed if you want to say <laughs> yeah well, and, uh, yeah i have any shows everything is yeah everything this yeah it, this is a weird time everyone's life know. is on hold man it's weird yeah yeah it, it it's weird to be in weird footing i don't know how to really uh i like i said i think everyone is in unfamiliar territory and they're trying to do what they can and having to do live streams and live shows. And are you doing any of that? Are you doing any live streams? Are you doing like, I mean, can uh, I, can I watch Dwynell Roland rap live on the internet? Um, uh, I'm hoping so soon. All I'm, right. I've, I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to, to, to do everything in that sense. Um, but yeah, man, it's weird. I've never, like I said, I've never, I've never had to, not do a show yeah so no, it, we're, we're one not doing shows and two just to know that the shows that you do have all for an entire year is all fucking shot i mean everything is shot you yeah. know so i was supposed to go on tour too shot yeah know? it's 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 crazy man it's it's a weird reality and and the, and the crazy thing about it is i follow this pretty closely this shit is not going to stop anytime soon no it's, i know if it's not this And I I think people think that this is just going to be like, oh, yeah, another two weeks. Cool. That's it. Everything's back to normal. But I don't I don't know. Anyway. Well, we're going to yeah. play it by ear. We're going to take it day by day. We're going to stay positive. Before we get to your song, before we get to your song, Dwynell, because we do have to talk to Tommy Mishke coming up. Um so if there's a way for people to support musicians, like I know people are doing their live performances and people are doing PayPal and Venmo, you know, throwing a few bucks, you know, if you get a few hundred people throwing a few bucks at you, maybe that's rent or a car payment or the utility bill, whatever the case is. If you want, if people want to find you, they want to support you, they want to buy your music, they want to buy your merch, they want to listen to you. How do people best support Dwynell Roland during this unprecedented fuckery that abounds? Uh-oh. Just, just, <laughs> because, By the way, brother, I can't uh, wait to see you again. I cannot wait to see your face again. Uh, I know now is not the time, but I can't wait, man. That's all love. Um, yeah, just do uh, Facebook, Dornell Rowland, um, Twitter, Dornell Rowland, Instagram, Dornell Rowland. Just send me up there and then everything as far as like March or anything. And just come to me and then we can figure stuff out. So, yeah, and, every, and anything like that, if shows or anything it would be on those as well all right very good. well here's to i know it's going to be longer than people think it is but here's to it being shorter than the worst case scenarios are painting out everyone stay at home listen to dwynell's music man he's good at what he does and just you know find ways to get through the day whether it's gaming and 
killing idiots in Call of Duty or listening to good music or, you know, doing a little needlepoint, whatever it is you're into. Uh, Dwaynell, thank you very much, man. I wish you nothing but love and success, and please stay healthy. Love, and before we get into your song, tell me about this song, Bill Nye, because I fucking love the real-life Bill Nye, and I want to know why you wrote this song. Man, Bill Nye, I don't know. I wanted to have a good, funny, fun song because the whole record was, you know, just a down moved for a certain thing. I was like, man, let's, let's, let me change it up. So I made a fun song with Travis. <laughs> Fantastic news, man. You about take it. care. Pwn the noobs on Call of Duty, and we will talk to you on about the about other it. side of this, all right? Thank you. All right. Right out, man. Thanks, man. Oh. Dwynell Rowland on The Brian Oak Show. I stuck with no to Can you turn on my voice to how it was before? Yo, 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 yo. Everything is just different. Feeling like Scotty Pippen, I hope they listen. Thank God I'm not stuck with no tuition. Proper planning gon' get you if you have it. They look at me as the man, and I ain't got no demands then. But speaking about my man to now. Hey, look here, boy, this real life. Don't stop and stare, just be aware. I should probably get a new life. Should have finished school, probably get a wife. Kids somewhere like over time. Well, you know that's under my right now. Some shit that's hard to find, but... You know I get on beaches scoping shit To get you interested to tell your brother and your sis Closing off the game like Arthur with the fist To be real to your friends, I insist, I insist, I insist Brought together like a scientist, pastor, a preacher a teacher As long as you learn something Stop touching buttons, get back to stunting Flashy, flashy, let's get nasty Don't tell Sally Wait, 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 who the fuck is I just need some distance in my life Giving good dick is exhausting go for time, but I don't get no ass. Let's be real, where's the rhyme? It's not for me, it's for her. Whoever she's coming with, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I got problems, you got problems, you got problems too. Feeling like an overcrowd. Now, now, let's settle down. To be honest, I don't know what the fuck I'm speaking now. Whatever it is, give it a round of applause, let's go around. Round, round. That earth ain't all bad. I mean, shit, I made you smile. Every day's a lucky day. Well, at least when I'm in town, get the bag and just bounce. Could be a hefty amount, or it could be 50 cents, cause that's how this rap shit pans out. Don't worry, everything is under control. Just flurries, but I'm in a hurry, so let's speed this up. Here's a buck for your time. Thank you, yeah, I'll make it up. They all want love. But forget about all the trust. Hooray, hooray. I party like my birthday. Every day, each day. Dream J-Mo like I'm Thursday. If she kiss me now, then I think I need a first kiss. God damn, look at what I've done. Stupid ass shit again. Who can smoke? Keep all of your piff. But we fams all hit it one chance and that's it. Ray J, one wish. Yeah, and never comes true. It's cool to dance in the rain, too. Yeah. Back to the sequel about shit that don't matter. How wells can be lethal when fragile hearts can shatter. And your mind just scatter. Not everything is gold. Well, behold, look, I'm here. Now you know around and around. Love me later, don't let me go. Orange people in the office, nigga, that's a fuck. Don't Round, round.
music of Dwy Nell Roland right there. Again, you should look for him on Facebook. You can find him on Bandcamp. Supporting artists in this day and age. Well, again, this day and age is too much, even in these last few weeks where his whole tour has been canceled. His foreseeable future is uncertain at best. Luckily, he has Call of Duty, but that only goes so far. That's not the same thing as mental health. It's short-term mental health, but if you can support artists, local businesses like Busters on 28th or Smart Start MN or AudioQuip, the good people at AudioQuip have provided us with the best high-end professional electro voice and other type of equipment to be able to make the podcast sound as good as it does sound and their whole business is providing people with equipment to do gigs out in the public be it rock shows ted talks backyard barbecues whatever the case may be (laughs) and that has obviously been dampened a lot lately but go to audioquip.com nate and his entire staff are wonderful people they are the right kind of people sean and i early on decided that we aren't going to accept advertisers despite our desperate need for money that are not philosophically aligned with what we like to do we're just not going to do it and nate and his crew which, by the way, Jared Brewington, who was just on episode 41 of The Brian Oak Show, he kind of hooked us up with Nate. And it was uh, it was wonderful because Jared is about as real and wonderful and warm as it gets. And he also has that same philosophy, do good things with good people, which is why our upcoming guest is one of my favorites. He's an actual freaking unicorn. But before we get to talking to one TD Mishki, I want to mention that another sponsor of The Brian Oak Show is none other than Sean Bernard, who's sitting right there, who works at the 50th in France location for Edina Realty, I have got to imagine that as uphill as it is for everyone, not knowing where the next paycheck's coming from, not knowing if it's safe to go to the grocery store, not knowing what come mid-May you're going to wipe your butt with, I have to admit, I have to assume that, that Realty is also facing a relatively uncertain future despite unprecedented low interest rates. Well, that's what's interesting right now is that uh, we're still considered an essential business. And there's a lot of people right now that are spending a lot of time in their home. And they're also doing what my family and I did, which is looking at our finances, uh, trying to figure out where we can cut back. For some people, the answer might be to put their house in the market. Right. You know, and, and, you know, it's, it's got to be right for people. You know, the the real high end is getting hit a little bit hard right now, but right. everybody else is still, you know, if you were planning on moving three months ago, a lot of people are still planning on moving. So I, mean, I expect ho- that to change. But. Ho- homes are still selling right now. They right? are. I mean, like, yeah. Now, obviously, the, the nature of going to an open house where someone just baked chocolate chip cookies, that might be a little different than it used to be. Now, online things where you can look at rooms, you can look at yes. homes, that's been a trend for years and years now. But I assume that might become more of a popular trend as people don't want to to be around strangers or walk through a home that they don't know, even if they're looking to move. Well, we are asking uh, them. So we're not allowed to do open houses right now, but what we are doing is uh, if we're doing a showing, we ask people to be very respectful and not touch things in the home. Don't lick the Um, doorknobs. Don't lick the doorknobs like you used to. Uh, and and honestly, I'm bringing Purell on my showings and just saying, hey, let's uh, lather up with this first and then uh, we'll walk through the house. We'll make sure it's clean when we leave and, and just be respectful. And it's not the end of the world. We can keep a six-foot distance. There, there's still a way to live life right now, even with shelter in place and self-isolation. By the way, given the choice in this day and age, as you feel right now today on episode 42 of The Brian Oak Show, self-isolation or self-immolation? Which one? 
I don't know what self-immolation means. That's when you light yourself on fire. Yeah, never like, again. Like the, like, Not again. Like the monks did to protest the Vietnam War, that kind of stuff. Sure. Self-immolation is when you literally light yourself on fire. That's probably not I a good I might be one. the only commercial where you mentioned butt wipe and lighting yourself on fire. How do people get a hold of you, Sean? 612-859-2594. They can also find me on the web, Sean Bernard at Edina Realty. I do a podcast with you, Sean, yes. a couple times a week. Once a month, I do a podcast with another guy who is a podcasting giant and also a Minnesota broadcasting legend, perhaps not a household name, but a guy who is unlike anyone I've ever met before in my life. I, that's why I called him an actual unicorn. I remember the first time I ever heard his show it was late night on AM 1500, which at the time was sort of a news, sports, everything station. Yeah. This was quite a few moons ago and I was coming home and it was late at night. I was sober, but I suddenly felt like I wasn't sober. I felt like I was, he was somewhere between Carlos Castaneda and P.T. Barnum. He, his, his commitment to his art and his style was so unique. I've heard a lot of people in radio. I've been, I was in radio for more than 25 years. I've literally never met anyone else like him in terms of attitude, presentation, professionalism, and his ability and his willingness to stretch the boundaries of what the broadcast medium meant. And so I'm happy to call him a friend. And I'm very, very delighted to be a part of his monthly podcast for the sake of the songs. He spent many, many moons on local radio. He has his Roadshow podcast, which I have to imagine now the Roadshow is fairly limited these days. He goes by T.D. Mishki or Tommy Mishki. I like to call him Mr. Mishki because I feel like I'm in the presence of greatness every time <laughs> I talk to him. Mr. Mishki, how are you? today i'm well i'm delighted to be on your show this is great first of all i'm delighted you have a show but then to be on it is, is doubly wonderful well and for me it's wonderful in that you know like i love doing that podcast with you the fact that you reached out to me i'm like what does this magician have to do with <laughs> with some basic entry-level broadcaster like me but we explained it we talked about it and we're a few episodes into for the sake of the songs which we're going to talk about here in just a minute but first Mr. Mishki, I would like to talk to you because you are almost sort of, at least from my perspective, a reluctant radio participant. At what point in your youth, how, how did it happen? How did it come that radio drew you into its, you know, inexorable magnetic vortex? How did you become a radio guy? It was not something that I pursued. That's right. It was never something on the radar I come from a writing family, newspaper family. So the pursuit that was considered normal and acceptable was writing. And so I was a journalism graduate. My dad ran a newspaper. My brother was an editor. My other brother was an editor. And it was just assumed that somehow you'd be in the newspaper business. So I was in that field at the time. I was freelance writing for uh, City Pages, The Reader, Minnesota Monthly, a few other publications. When my brother said to me... Uh, have you ever heard this Don Vogel guy? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, talk radio. I said, I I'm not sure I know what talk radio is. Mm -hmm. He goes, do you ever go to the AM dial? And I said, no, I do not. He said, well, go over there and check this show out. So I, I went over and I was listening to it and I heard people calling in and I thought, well, you can't just let people from the streets on to a 50,000-watt radio program. That's not professional. Right. There's got to be a catch here. So at the time, there were these things 
called phone booths or drive up phones where you could pull up at a gas station to a phone. And I wanted to test this theory that you could get on a 50,000 watt station, any Yahoo. So I grabbed the phone. I called the number. I was put on hold. And next thing you know, I got on the line and I was so terrified and so panicked because I never thought that could possibly happen that I think I screamed and hung up. And it was a little bit of a panic where I then turned on the radio in my vehicle and I heard the guys just laughing uproariously at nothing. I hadn't done anything. All I had done is screamed. But there was something about their laughter and the fact that anything at all that I had done may have caused that and the fact that I got on a 50,000-watt radio station that I said, well, this is interesting. I am going to try this again tomorrow. The next day I was a little better. I actually said something before hanging up, but again, I didn't have the guts (laughs) to hang in there and I hung up and they laughed again. I think they were laughing at me. They were trying to figure out what this thing was that was calling. By the third day, I actually decided to write something out and really deliver it, but I still didn't have the guts to hang on and have them interact with me. Well, that's when they gave me the moniker, the Phantom Caller, this guy who calls up, does something weird and hangs up. And then and there, I decided that every day until I got tired of it or they told me to go away, I was going to call, say something and hang up. And after the first month, they collected all my calls and had what they called a Phantom Festival where they played them all together. So what they were doing, in essence, on the Don Vogel show was encouraging me Uh, helping me, guiding me, mentoring me without knowing it, showing me that there was this weird thing called radio where one could play and and what a playground it was. And after a while, Vogel became fond enough of me to ask me about helping him find a home. He was blind, for those who don't know, helping him find a new home. He didn't know many people around here. He was from Chicago. While I was helping him out, his producer quit. Uh, I said, you know, I'd do that job if you need somebody. And he said, ah, that would be beneath you, sir. He had no respect for that role. Really? My apologies to Sean. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and, but I've, I've worked with some brilliant producers. That actually, for, for as someone as storied as Don Vogel, that surprises me. Like, I mean, obviously, maybe you don't consider them a peer, but... The the role of a good producer is invaluable in radio. And I think the reason it wasn't at KSTP is they called them producers because it made them feel good, but they were really board operators, yeah. fresh out of Brown, about 2021. 20, right. And they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have any money for any of them. And no, everybody, the first time they ever got married or their wife got pregnant, they all got the hell out of there. So <laughs> it wasn't quite... They had to get a real job. producer was... But So that's why I said beneath me, but of course it wasn't beneath me because if I showed you what I was making as a freelance writer, you would that, would, that was an improvement in, in my livelihood, even though I was being paid, and this is a fact, 50,000-watt radio station, drive time, 20 bucks a show, paid at the end of every week. 
Wow. That's what I made when I started as Don Vogel's sidekick. So th- this is your entree into it. But, of course, you would go on to have your own show in the evening, which that's a weird place. Like most radio stations, they sort of consider that, you know, after 7 o'clock, they're like everyone's out of their cars. No one's listening exactly. at home. Except for yeah. like on KDWB because teenagers back in the day, we're talking 80s and 90s here, yeah. pre-internet, you know, the teenagers are still listening to their music. So KDWB put a lot of investment in their evenings, 1500 some, you know, people are in their garages, they're doing their thing, but if, unless you create a destination, there's not going to be anybody listening, which is why, especially in this day and age now, with so many vectors to market, you find so much syndicated programming and throwaway programming, as I like to call it. I still remember the first night I heard you live, and then all of a sudden, I kept coming back, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not around a radio at 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night, and you were compelling enough that I came back. I remember one night, there were some members of a local native community, and they were getting ready for an upcoming powwow. You let them go for 15 full minutes, which doesn't sound like long, but in radio minutes, that's a freaking lifetime, as they were practicing the drumming and the chanting, and I sat in my driveway and I listened to the entire thing. It was riveting. You also you also let some of the weirdest people on, and I don't know that anybody, other than my good friend Dan Cole, the common man, knows better how to make people uncomfortable with that pregnant pause. Of course, in radio, dead air is the greatest sin of all time. You were more comfortable in letting nothing happen for, and again, 20 seconds doesn't sound like a long time, but in radio seconds, that is a lifetime. You And so... Years years afterwards, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Andrea, who also worked with you at the time, I managed to get her to corral you to come and join me for a breakfast somewhere at Selby and Dale. I can't remember the name of the place. You could not have been less interested, and I know you don't remember this. <laughs> I know you don't remember this interaction, but I asked you because it seemed, and you know, you, your ability to break into song all of a sudden just for no reason, like you're tapping on the board and you're singing a song about whatever you're talking about, and I just, I was in such awe of you that I thought, now, I, so I asked you, again, a very naive question for a kid who'd been, you know, not a kid, I was, you know, in my late 20s, but a young man who was in radio for less than five years at that point, I asked you this po- question that I'll never forget as long as I live. And I'm like, do you just, do you really just riff off the top of your head? Do you really just let it go? Do you really, are you just going Jimi Hendrix on the bit? And you said to me, and you, like, it was the first time that you hadn't been looking out the window and maybe <laughs> talked directly to my face. You said, you said, Brian, do you know anybody who's good at anything that doesn't put hours of work into being good at it? And it blew my tiny little mind. I'm like, so when it sounded, when it sounded so freeform, when it sounded so, and again, obviously there are times you've had to adapt. There are times that you were on, you know, moving fast on your feet, but I all, it also made me realize you can't ever take a minute of broadcasting availability, even here on episode 42 of the Brian Oak show. You can't take any of it for granted. If you walk in without preparation, then you're not good at this. Even if you're good on your feet, even if you are a, a great improv artist if you don't put work in if you don't prepare if you don't have something a framework at least to hang something on then you're not going to be any good at this it was it was probably the in the top three teaching moments i ever had in my long career in radio and so i thank you to this day i remember when i first told you the story tommy (laughs) you're like we went to breakfast where what what happened (laughs) 
I did feel badly about that because it was when I was calling you to ask you to do the music show with me and you were passing along a memory that didn't make me look so good. But <laughs> No, 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 it did. But no, no, you, you're looking at it from the wrong angle. Just because you didn't remember it doesn't mean it wasn't the, one of the well, greatest teaching moments of my mites. said the entire time I looked out the window. Well, you did. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. That's, that's the part that makes me look bad. <laughs> but no, but it doesn't make you look bad. It's just like at that time, you know, like here I am, you know, just some guy who's been on the alternative radio station for a little while and you know, I just I was so and also it's hard to be around people who are enamored of you and I know what that feels like not often trust me but I, I have been there before where you're trying to get them to calm down and maybe talk a little less and of course I was nervous and I, I'm already talk a lot so I'm sure I was talking constantly so no, that part doesn't look bad on you but I did ask you I remember that first time we talked on the phone about doing for the sake of the song podcast I said, why me? Didn't make any sense. And you gave a very concise and com- a complimentary answer. Dude, I've never held anything against you. So before we get too, you know, too much into the mutual admiration society, um, tell me about the road show. When, so you did 1500 for a long time. When does the road show yeah. start? You're an, you're an early adopter of podcasting and online broadcasting, which obviously has become a glutted and ridiculous market, but one that you're still very successful at. When did you first get the idea to do the road show? Well, in both uh, my first podcast attempts, uh, your buddy Sean was an integral part. The first one was at City Pages, where I would have never even come up with the idea. He came up with the idea, Sean Bernard, of uh, when I got fired from KSTP and had a year no compete that I had to get through. Uh, there wasn't anything about podcasting because no one really thought about podcasting. This was back in 2008. So Sean came up with that and I didn't know one thing about it. And so he, he basically put that together and I started a column and a podcast at citypages.com. What was really terrifying about that. I can't even imagine that I did this now. It was two hours every day with no calls. Two hours yeah. every day with no calls, Oof. and and it was it was it was horrible. It was so hard <laughs> to get through. I put in a phone, a landline, as though there would be calls. But of course, once people are aware of a podcast, the live part is out the window. Who cares that right. you're live? So the only calls I got were from people who, when it was from collection agencies going after people <laughs> who used to have that number. And I got a lot of them, a lot of collection calls. And, uh, when I so a lot at... of my show when I was at City Pages was just playing with these collection call people just to get through a show. Yeah, well, and so again, and I think it's worth giving Sean his due here. Um, podcasting now, literally everybody, because the technology is affordable, the vector to market is easier than it's ever been. The number of podcasts out there is stultifying. It is overwhelming. Now, when Sean reached out to me, I knew he'd done a lot of work with podcasts, but I was not really a podcast guy. And I'm like, is this really a thing we want to do? And here we are in episode 42, and it's it's pretty amazing. But, Sean, what, so you and I have worked together on and off over the years for more than a quarter century. Like, yeah. you know, radio sales, radio guy, radio people, whatever. Um when did you, I mean, how did you so early on, obviously you can recognize talent. Mishki, That's all it Mishki is. is yeah. a guy is a thing. But also like recognizing that if we just do this online, some people are going to listen. 
Well, I knew Mishki had passionate fans, and I knew that where he really should have been is just on another radio station, but he had that non-compete for a year. Right. And so it was kind of like, what can we do to take this guy's talent and find a way to deliver it? Now, at the time, Mishki, we both know, many people didn't have access to even get to where we were going, and it wasn't part of their daily routine. There was probably less than 5 10% of people that would even know what a podcast was, much less live streaming a uh, a show that was only online. Right. And so more than anything, I think we just put together the best thing we could at the time. And, and it was a way for you to be able to survive for a while, Mishki. Oh, it was wonderful. I, I am the, the greatest thing that ever happened to me was getting fired by KSTP because where <laughs> life has gone since then, it's been just, just wonderful. First of all, I got to be a columnist for a, a year, which is, you know, I mentioned my newspaper family and my newspaper background you know how much credibility in my family that gave me to get away from the silly thing? There's no respect for the spoken word in my family. Right. It's all about the written word. So to be a columnist for a year, boom, I could go to family reunions all of a sudden. And then on top of that, <laughs> I, did, I did get to learn about, about podcasting, which helped me years later. After the No Compete, I went to WCCO, and I spent four years there. And then I, I, I just burned out. I completely tired of the whole thing. Mm. Uh, 22 years. Um, I'm amazed at people who are able to go for the long haul. People like Studs Terkel, Art Bell, uh, those those old men overnight guys that still work out there in the world. Oh my God! You, you, no, I'm, I'm interrupting you right now, only, and I hate to do this to you because I'd rather hear you talk than me talk. But Art Bell, when I did morning radio for all those years in the uh, mid to late '90s, I would be up early enough driving to work that I would hear the end of Art Bell's show, and it's it's fascinating that you reference him because again, I don't think you two are the same thing, but also <laughs> I, I do I do think you're the same thing in the sense that there's never been anyone else like Tommy Mischke. There's never been anyone else like Art Bell. And that's what that's the only thing that made radio worth listening to me is like, I don't want to hear someone be like, that's not fascinating to me. So for you to reference that also, you know, for people who haven't listened to the road show, for people who have not listened to for the sake of the song, the production value you bring is amazing because so your radio experience obviously informed you. But I love hearing about your passion for writing because you you don't take anything for granted. You choose your words carefully, not so carefully that it's not fun, that it's not occasionally random, but the final content, like, I mean, obviously your editing experience in writing influences how you present the way right. that you present yourself to the world so far. Right. When I, when I quit CCO and started the, the road show that I still do, the Mishki road show six years running now, that was a, a Sean Bernard idea as well. So that that one was the timing was right. As Sean said back then, we were about five years too early on the first podcast. But when the next one came along, we were hitting the zeitgeist pretty good, and it's been good ever since. So my view of a podcast now, and it's not everybody's view. I mean, obviously Joe Rogan doesn't operate this way, but it's more. I used to think of it like a book on a shelf that you pull down and check out. But I think books probably a little bit. Highfalutin. I'll go with magazine article that you save because it somehow doesn't have any uh, freshness date on it. So the roadshow for six years that I've done, there is no show you can listen to where you'll know when I did it. My idea was to do podcasts that were forever. So 10 years from now, when you listen to one, 
uh, it's going to be pretty tough for you to tell if it's five years old, three years old, nine years old, um, or if it was that day, because it's just human lives that I deal with now. I just pick out certain eccentric, unusual people on the margins, fringes, iconoclasts, and interview them. And there's no way of it. I mean, it could be 57, 77, unless there's a reference to some product somewhere in there. Even the ads that I do don't have time associated with it. You don't know the season necessarily always. And I loved that idea of doing something with more permanence. Um, I don't mean to name drop here. I learned name dropping very late in life because <laughs> I'm a big fan of other people doing it. And I didn't know it was a bad thing. Here we go. But uh, Keeler told me years ago that the reason he wrote was because of the ephemeral nature of radio. It, it comes and it disappears. And uh, he wanted something more permanent. So he went with writing, with books. Of course, nothing's permanent. We know that. But I uh, choose to go with the idea of a podcast, which is as permanent as anything I'll ever do. Well, if people have not listened to it, uh, I could not recommend it highly enough because the Roadshow is not just a name. In theory, you've gone all over the place with this particular road show and you have talked to some of the most interesting characters and I don't know and I'm not really trying to just butter you up but I mean I really don't know that I know someone more qualified to deal with the wide range not not just deal with to appreciate to explore to explain to entertain with the wide range of people you talk to for people who have never listened to the road show before what is the best place for people to go find it's sort of like you know td mishki ground zero where should people go if they want to see the road show or for the sake of the songs they're supposedly at all the spots whether it's stitcher or spotify or iheart or the the actual site itself, the website, MishkiRoadshow.com, or for the sake of the songs.com, or at iTunes. I've lost track of all the different places I've tried to stick those things. But uh, but, but if people put in M-I-S-C-H-K-E, Mishki, they're going to find you online, right? That's right. And you might have to make it into kind of a poem. My boys, when they were little, they'd be out at the fair, and I'd worry that they'd get lost, and someone would say, what's your last name? And they'd say it, they'd say, can you spell that? And they, they of course, couldn't. So I'd say, boys, we're going to learn it like a little song or like a little poem. M-I-S-C-H-K-E, that's just how you spell me, Say it with me, say it with me, everybody, everybody. M-I-S-C-H-K-E, that is how you spell me, So if you guys can just do that, you'll remember Roadshow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good. no, Roadshow's fine. I don't think I'm going to forget that song anytime soon. In the middle, uh... of, middle of the night tonight, I'll be singing that. M-I-S-C-H-K-E. <laughs> Yeah, no, now, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? We could always use a good earworm. Everyone's locked in. So it sounds like um, self-isolating and sheltering in place. I mean, you're already, and don't take this the wrong way, even though <laughs> even though you've done the road show and even though I know that you like to meet new people, you like to hear new stories, I feel like you've kind of been practicing this, for this for most of your life. <laughs> yeah, believe me, asking me to shelter is like asking a kid at a at recess if he wants to go out to the playground. Uh, no, I got a glass of wine in front of me right now. I got a piano behind me. And mm. I got about 75 books surrounding me. I imagine sooner or later it might get old, but can you imagine if this order had come in early January instead of 
when it's coming because this is a glorious day today. The sun is out. It's in the 50s. You it's can gorgeous. Go take a walk. You can, even if you don't want to leave the house, you can of, crack the windows. I know that you are in this boat, too, because uh, I, I think I've heard you reference it on Facebook recently. I've, <laughs> I've lost in this two-thirds of my income because of I unfortunately deal in the world of retailers who uh, are advertisers, and I do advertise work, mm-hmm. advertising work with, and they are shutting down. And uh, I don't know for how long. Maybe they'll open up sometime in mid or late May. But I'm an independent guy. I don't work for anybody, so the money just goes away. So uh, the other cool thing I'm planning in this lovely weather is pretty much planting my way through the summer so I don't have to go to a grocery store ever. My friend Just shared all the food in the backyard. Uh, and, and again, I'm not a I'm not an experienced gardener, but I have a couple of friends who are really good at it. And one of them said, "Plant a victory garden." And obviously, that was a World Can War II thing. We come up thing. with a different name, though. That's been used. <laughs> but, but it was but it was used in World War II. It's relatively iconic. Um, so we, yes, if you come up with a better name, we will have you back when we're on the other side of this, and we'll do a whole show of whatever the new name is. But the notion being, start your seed now then when the weather breaks you don't have to go talk to anybody you can garden mine the the four by fours around my garden have completely decayed and disintegrated so i have some work to do to get it set up but i've never been a gardener in my whole life but i have friends who are good at it and um i'm looking forward to it hey tommy we got to go pretty soon here but before we go i just want to mention that obviously the road show look for the mishki road show you and i Mm -hmm. are now six episodes deep five episodes deep six episodes deep on for the sake of the song december january February, March. We've done six. Six of them so far. You, me, and John Height. And I was so flattered when you invited me. I was bewildered, but I've enjoyed every one of them, each more than the last. It's about music. It's about the nature of how music intersects with our lives. So it's not three know-it-alls sitting around talking about all the facts that make you be like, oh, blah, blah. It's really about how it impacts our normal everyday lives, which is why I'm so enamored of it, which is why I look forward to it so much. Can, Me too. If people look you up, they can also find For the Sake of the Songs. Yeah? What was the last question? Can people look me up? No, no, if people look you up. Oh. And you should count yourself lucky if they do. Can, can they, can, <laughs> if they just type in For the Sake of the Songs, they'll be able to find these episodes, yeah? Yeah, all you got to remember is that songs is plural, because obviously I'm playing off of Towns Van Zandt's a song for the sake of the song. Right. I'm doing it for the sake of the songs. And if you put in for the sake of the songs and you don't find it for some reason, you add Mishki, and believe me, for the sake of the songs and Mishki, there's only going to be one of those. One of the few times in life that I've really liked my last name, podcasting. It's good to have a name that. You know, there aren't a lot of other Mishki podcasters. I don't know if there are any in the world. And if there are, they're in Germany or something, not in the U.S. (laughs) That's why we called this show The Brian Oak Show, which, by the way, this is episode 42. My thanks to Dwynell Roland. My thanks to T.D. Mishki for joining up. Because there there are a lot of OAKs and a lot of OAKESs, very few OAKE out there. So we'd like, well, let's just put the name on there. And, um, well, obviously, its success speaks for itself. Sean, thank you. Oh, Sean, boy. thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you hey, Mishki. Yeah, thank you very much, Mishki. Hey, and and I when, really appreciate the time. When we're on the other side of this, you have to promise to come to our exclusive studio here in Southeast or South Minneapolis because exclusive. Oh, it's it's a beauty and you're gonna love it. I'll bring 
I'll bring the hooch. Oh, <laughs> well, if you insist. I mean, look, and that was your idea, not mine. So no pressure. Uh, hey, real quick, um, before we go, you have decided to end with a song. And by the way, really, thank you very much, Tommy. I really appreciate mm. your time today, man. It's really good to Pleasure's talk to you. And um, you have chosen. So every guest that comes in has to pick at least one song. You've chosen an artist that I've never heard of before in my entire life. That's not a reflection on him. It's a reflection on me. Nobody can know everything. Who is Abe Partridge? Just got back from Alabama two weeks ago where I spent some time with him interviewing him. And that's the road show that comes out next week, April 1st, my interview with him. Fascinating guy, grew up uh, dirt poor, became a Baptist preacher, found himself in the Appalachians in a little church. After a while, his church disintegrated and he found himself wondering if he believed any of this stuff anyway. Got out of it, decided he needed to go a different direction, became a military man, found himself over in the desert, seeing a lot of things that really disturbed him. After a while, he said, what the hell am I doing here? All my life has been about violence, violence in my religion, violence over here in war. I want to do something beautiful with my life. Came home, became a songwriter, and freakishly, inexplicably, his career took off. He's just flying high right now. Abe Partridge, great singer-songwriter. Been compared to some of our best from the South, guys like Towns Van Zant, Steve Earle. People like that. Wow. Okay. Well, see, I, I am a fan of, I've never been one of those guys, despite the fact that I recently had a part-time job at a record store. I've never been one of those guys like, oh yeah, I knew all about that. I, uh, you know, one of my long-term slogans is always learning. That's brand new information for me. It is a brand new name for me. And we're going to hear a song of his called Look Up. And um, again, Tommy, thank you very much. Shelter in place. Stay well. I know you've been training for this your whole life, and I'm certain that you're going to be fine on the other side. <laughs> Seriously, though. All right, you guys. I Thank hope you, to Tommy. See you both soon. All right. Take care, Take Tommy. Care. See you soon. Bye. Sean, Bye-bye. I will I will see you soon, whether I'm wearing a mask or not. And, you know, the numbers keep rising. We do have to keep flattening the curve. We have to keep sheltering. We have to do the right thing. And it's going to be difficult. Many of us are underemployed. Many of us are facing unprecedented challenge. But it's better than dying, right, Sean? Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and hear some Abe Partridge. My thanks to Tommy Mischke, Dwynell Rowland, Sean, all of our sponsors from the Smart Start MN Studios, Brian Oak Show, podcast episode 42. How is that possible? Let's hear Abe Partridge. Look up. Take care, everybody. Look up at me, for I am dying. I mean, not right now. Well, what is now? Perhaps my frail body will manage to continue to crawl around this spinning sphere for another 50 years, and that's an awful big perhaps. I will probably die way before then. But say I got another 50 years, what is 50 years? Well, universally speaking, it is now. 50 years is not even a snap of this ancient universe's fingers. It took billions of years for life just to get here. So yeah, I am dying now. You are dying now. You are dying now. Somehow by a stroke of luck or providence, it matters not how you define it. You and I ended up in this same strange time and place dying together. You and I. So if you could just dig down deep to find an ounce of courage in this fearful world and look up from your screen, if just for a moment, then maybe we can fall in love like humans used to before screens. Before screens trick the dying into believing that they were not. And I can still remember the very moment that I lost myself in glaring depravity with a sense of failure, the heaviness of cosmic betrayal beyond any measure of redemption that I had ever believed in. 
understanding nothing of the gospel save the part about my own sin, the curse of my deceit, and the ever-present fact that I was alone, not just literally speaking, I was alone in every sense. And partial understandings of things such as gospels can be worse than no understanding at all. So maybe it was just some unlucky star that I begged for more than magic to fill the chasm that was my aching heart and I was angry. Not because this magic never came, but because I no longer believed in its very existence. And I was enraged at my maker in a way that I could not put into words. It was my front row seat to the viewing of the death of faith, and not just any faith my own. So I looked out into the stars, wishing I was a tree or a dog. They don't care about such things. And I still remember being 13, locked in my room, laying on my bed, staring at the ceiling, drowning in the sounds of sonic youth and hypnotized by the blades of my ceiling fan. And in that moment, that was all that mattered. I was happy. Now I'm a middle-aged man and I'm burned out on rock and roll. And I can't even pillow my head without the weight of the stars suffocating me with questions I cannot even begin to try to answer. So I look out in the stars again, then it occurs to me that for reasons I cannot explain, that every time, and I mean every single time that I look into the night sky, my heart, that same heart that I have been toiling to understand all of my life, that same heart that gives birth to the most harrowing of thoughts, my heart in all Christ's beauty. Before my heart can even interrupt my mind to consider my condition, beauty. Before I even begin to be haunted by my old familiar devils, beauty. And for some strange reason, a light wave emitted an uncountable amount of years ago from a star unimaginable in its very existence traversed an unmeasurable distance through space and reached my eye just the moment I turned it toward the heavens. And that light wave tickled some tissue in my eye that sent a vibration down a nerve to my brain that decodes everything I touch, taste, hear, smell, and see. And with just one look, within one brief moment, it placed this feeling of awe within my heart and this is every evidence of God that I will ever need so to hell with understanding it would take an awful little God to be understood by men so from one dying man to another look up my brother look up my sister look up